Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. We are here for the Sports Nuts and Beer Guts podcast in a snowy Knoxville, Tennessee, where I'm coming to you, your host, Logan Bryant. With you today, we got a couple beer nuts, sports nuts, <laughs> that like beer nuts. Maybe that we got, too. We got I Matt like nuts when I drink beer. <laughs> Matt Hickman, Chris Collette, gentlemen, how goes it? I'm enjoying the snow. I like it when it gets cold. I'm uh, not enjoying the snow. I hate it when it gets cold. So, Shock! Chris doesn't like something. I uh, know. <laughs> Chris, what are the odds of them closing the factory down tomorrow? Um, uh, 0% chance. Uh, <laughs> we could have a foot of snow, and we're still producing car parts because, yeah. it's snow's like the worst time possible for me at work um because just because it's snowing here doesn't mean our customers where they are that it's snowing there so they may not have a like a they may be like normal production because everything's fine there and it makes my job pretty damn hard so snow is no bueno for me it causes me to work a ridiculous amount of hours have a ridiculous number of phone calls throughout the night so not a fan of the snow man so now every night that I'm laying in bed, smiling because it's snowing outside, I just need to remember Chris Collette's hating life. Pretty much. Well, gentlemen, we are right smack dab into the Christmas season. Are you guys good to go on the gift giving, buying, wrapping portion of the, uh, of the event? So my family did something fantastic a few years ago. We stopped giving one another presents. <laughs> oh, man. It was great. Kids get presents, but the adults, we don't need to, to exchange gifts. We uh, do a ridiculous uh, stocking stuffer with a limit on that. Have a blast doing those things, getting gag gifts. Have some laughs. Have a great time. We'd rather spend more money on buying a nice prime rib. And no need to give gifts to the adults, so... We're in great shape there. Get some gifts for the kids. No stress for holiday shopping. Chris, where are you at? Um, I, it's similar to Hickman. Uh, me and the wife, we uh, we don't really get each other much for Christmas. Yeah. Like, I think she's giving me a couple of hats, and I'm probably going to get her uh, like a gift, gift certificate for a massage. Uh, that's really about it. But we're going on vacation for 10 days, so that's kind of air. Christmas to each yeah. other. That's nice. great to get away. So yeah, and look, this past weekend, um, I went up to West Tennessee and Saturday helped her with the craft fair, craft show, whatever you want to call it. And then we went to Paducah for the night. So it was just kind of a kind of a short little getaway, maybe twelve hours. But I that's for me. I don't. I'm one of these people. If I want something, I'm going to buy it. Um, no shocker, <laughs> shocker to some. So the reason you don't have a, a golf stream is because you don't want one. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know what that is. Private jet. Oh, good God. I, I'm, I'm scared of flights. I'm not a big flight. Okay, fan, right, so. cool, cool. But yeah, if I, if I want something, I'm getting it. So for us, it's, it's more travel, uh, just, yeah. uh, making memories with the, with the kids. So, uh, Good yeah, so I'm, as far as shopping goes, I, I mean, I got my parents, brother, something, but outside of that, I gave Liz $200 for her family. 
was like, get him whatever you want. That's your budget. And so, yeah. Are you actually going to get Bub something or are you just going to promise him you'll pay his bar tab and then not do it? Oh, that was a low blow. I actually uh, got him something. Good recall. Um, speaking of Bubs, he got engaged over the weekend. Nice. Shout out to that guy. Hopefully the second time's a charm on this one. Is he going to love to Vegas again? Um, I don't think the Vegas thing's going to happen this time, which may be for the best because, I mean, obviously it didn't work out so well the first time. Does that mean you um, have to be a best man? What did you say? Does that mean you have to be a best man? Uh, yeah. I don't know if he trusts me with a toast because, I mean, uh, there's going to be some Tito's in my system, and this is his second marriage, as we've already previously oh discussed. So I'm going to try not to mention that, but if you give me get enough Tito's in me, I mean... Yeah, I'm unfiltered, unfiltered git. So there's, I don't know about that one. It's true. Well, if you his, need his, median, his fiance is getting some, uh, she's going to be getting some alcohol because I got to make sure my parents still think I'm the, the most holy kid they have. So they think that, uh, my brother's divorced. So they might actually <laughs> think that right now. <laughs> Possibility. Well, I, I got them two grandkids too. So I'm, I'm, oh, yeah, you're gold. You're in good yeah. shape. Well, Go that's ahead, what about your, your gifts? What yeah. about gifts for you? Yes, I think I'm just waiting on Amazon packages to arrive at this point. Um, and then we get to wrap. The kids have decided they want to try to wrap presents this year with me. That is a whole lot of fun. Um, cool. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I imagine Brody's uh, great at it. I was yep, shaking so my he, head there. He uh, cuts it crooked and then gets mad when I have to stuff another piece of wrapping paper underneath the piece that he cut too short that doesn't longer fit. He thinks I've messed it up. I try to explain to him, well, if you don't actually wrap it so they can't see what's inside, there's no point in wrapping it at all. Um, uh, Brody's four, right? Four years old. Oh, and yeah. he has already opened a present that was to a friend of his. Um, <laughs> when we called him out on it and said, Brody, why would you open that gift? It was like a secret Santa thing they were doing at his school. And he's like, oh, it was a web shooter, and I wanted a web shooter. Like, <laughs> no remorse, no regrets. <laughs> like, I got to play with the web shooter all morning. I loved it. So that's hilarious. <laughs> well, guys, we got, we got some playoff talk to talk about bowl games coming up. Um, we've been talking about these SEC coaching searches going on. Well, we've got some hires out there right now. So let's break it all down. Let's give the people what they want and let's make sense of the week. Guys, I assume you have seen the college football playoff. First up, how do you guys feel about LSU being number one ahead of Ohio State, Matt Hickman? Absolutely the right call. Nothing against Ohio State. They're those are the two best teams. LSU has one of the best resumes we've seen in, in some time. Undefeated and beat uh what, five teams in the top ten? That's pretty good. Do you know Ohio State has beaten six? In the top ten? Yep. I think it's I think it's the I think I'm trying to look it up now. I think that was yeah, the right. thing I saw. It was it was top ten when they played. That's that's a little misleading there. Because two of those were Current, currently Ohio State has I think zero wins over top ten current, teams. Maybe. Current rank current, top ten. Current rankings. Yeah, let's see. And I think so, Wisconsin's eleven, so that that's that's two wins right there, Ohio State has. Right. Oh. I mean they have like eleven and they're they're maybe fifteen. Penn State's around there, so I mean, yeah, their non-conference schedule wasn't exactly, uh, you know, gangbusters. FAU, Cincinnati, 
Miami, Ohio. I don't think it's terrible. I mean, Cincinnati FAU and Cincinnati were no, pretty good. Cincinnati was, play top, any, was a top 20 team all year. No Power 5 teams, though. I mean, That's true. I mean, Texas isn't ranked anymore, so you could argue that. That's fair. Since he's better than Texas. I will say this. I Every time one of these teams that's ranked in the top 10 was talked about their schedule, everybody brought up Texas. And like I thought we had all kind of agreed that Texas now is terrible. Yeah, they're not good. Like, why they're, does people keep talking to them about, oh, quality win, they beat Texas. Well, when everybody beats you, it's no longer a quality win, right? Yeah. Texas was 7-5. and five. Yeah, I lost to Oklahoma, LSU, which I guess it, it sort of fell apart at the end. That was, wasn't terrible if they just lost those two, but then they lost to TCU and Iowa State. Those were pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> Baylor's good. I can understand that one. But if, if they had, had three losses and just being to those three teams, like you could say it's a decent team. But So yeah. do you think there'll be any chatter about how the Big Ten plays nine conference games, SEC plays eight? So when you look at a non-conference and you say, well, they don't play any of the big guys, do you think the Big Ten ever revisits that and says, well, there's no need for us to keep playing nine if we can play four patsies? Or is it I, likely the SEC does the opposite? I actually think the SEC should go to nine. Uh, it it make, It's one less buy game you have to do for for a team. Um, and it gives you another solid solid opponent. So in an ideal wor- world, you'll play one non-conference power five and then two cupcakes and a yeah. nine-game conference schedule. I think that would be... Plus, it gives you some rivalries. Like, I mean, there's something about an SEC game or a Big Ten game, like Big Ten versus Big Ten, SEC versus SEC. That's yeah, that's, Rutgers, that's a lot better than watching ETSU versus Tennessee. Rutgers, <laughs> Maryland, Indiana, uh, you know, <laughs> Northwestern, Vanderbilt, and Ole Miss. We need more of those. <laughs> well, um, there's a lot of chatter going into the year about the transfer transfer portal, people being upset that these guys were were, were jumping around. Um, there's a quarterback for Ohio State who was at Georgia, made the transfer to Ohio State. He's in the playoffs. Georgia is not. There was a quarterback at Alabama who decided to transfer when he was run off, and he got Oklahoma. Hurts got Oklahoma into the playoff with no Bama. Do you guys think this will help squelch some of this transfer portal, you know, stupid millennials can't can't work hard <laughs> conversation? <laughs> or do you think this will just inspire more people to, if, well, if I'm not playing here, I'm going to go somewhere to prove that I can. Chris, do you see more or less transfers? I see more transfers, and I don't think that's a bad thing. Yeah. Um, players, they have five years to play four, and – if you're at a school and you don't have no pathway to play t- playing time, I, if you want to transfer, go for it. <laughs> um, I, I'm not going to hate on you. And a lot of these players, I mean, they're the best players at their high school and they get to college and it's a different animal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's, it even goes like five stars. Like, I mean, you have some five stars yeah. out there that get, get on campus and you're like, how the hell was this guy a five star? Um, I don't think transfer portal is a bad thing. And, I mean, if we're looking at it, I mean, the grad transfer especially, if you graduate in four years and you still have your you redshirted one of those, you graduate, man, go somewhere where you can play that last year. Uh, no problems whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, listen, coaches essentially have, have always had their own transfer portal 
we're going to talk a, a little bit later about a coach who was at a school for one year and then left for a different job. But I wonder is when does the narrative get flipped around on the coaches to say, hey, Georgia, you guys probably should have found a way to make it work with fields. Hey, Ohio State, what would have happened had you guys kept Joe Burrow? Now, they're probably in the same spot, but, um, you know, I, I wonder at some point do coaches have to take onus of this of why do guys excel when they leave? Maybe I missed something while they were here. I I think all four teams, Georgia, Ohio State, LSU, and not necessarily LSU, but Georgia, uh, Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, Oklahoma, those four, I think they're in the same situation no matter what. Like, I don't think if Field is at Georgia that they're going to make the playoffs. They're, they're, oh, flawed. Really? they're a flawed team. Very flawed team. <laughs> uh, specifically wider. They were down like their top two or three receivers. Um, they just didn't have the offensive weapons. Uh, Hurts at Alabama, I don't think he makes any difference whatsoever. LSU is just – they're a freaking buzzsaw right now. Like, get out of the way. <laughs> See, I think LSU is different. Well, LSU is. I'm saying like – Ohio State, Oklahoma, Bama, and Georgia. Oh, sports. sorry, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. LSU obviously is. I mean, they I, <laughs> they got to have a quarterback, and Joe Burrow is he looks damn. Good. He's gonna be the number one pick. So I mean, yeah, he's yeah. So Hickman, anybody have a uh, have an argument that they should have been in the playoffs, or did they get the four teams right this year? I mean, they, they got it right. I don't know who else you could have you could have argued had um, had Utah won, that would have made it interesting um it's a good year for it to be four because had it been two um you, you could have the team with the worst with with the resume that should have been left out undoubtedly is clemson clemson's won 28 straight games they're the defending <laughs> national champion and that's the team that would have been left out um or should have been so right um really really great he got got brought to four uh, you know, sort of bring some what ifs in years past, like 2004 when uh, Auburn was undefeated, with so was a USC and Oklahoma and Auburn got shut out. Um, but yeah, they got they got the right teams. I have no arguments here for me. Not sure what you guys think. Oh, easily got the right teams. The the playoff committee. It seems like every year they they just get like where everything falls into place, and the four teams are just extremely obvious. Even the ranking, um, Ohio State. Semi struggling in the first half against Wisconsin and LSU just boat race in Georgia. That kind of that kind. I mean, I thought LSU that was that was kind of the difference. I mean, if those games are flip flopped, I think Ohio State's one and LSU's two. Uh, and this is a very important year, I think, for to be the one seed because I don't. I wouldn't want to play Clemson. I'd much rather play Oklahoma. Uh, side note, but could you imagine if the pl- college football playoff committee? pick the playoffs the way the basketball selection committee does, and they do it before conference oh. championship games oh, are done. <laughs> oh, worst. I'm talking to you, SEC, who still plays on Sunday afternoon. they got to change that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we're officially in bowl season. A Kentucky fan, a couple Tennessee fans here. We are all going bowling. But here's the deal. Do bowl games really matter, Chris? Um, outside of the college football playoff, no. Not even the Rose Bowl. No. They, they don't matter. <laughs> well, as a Kentucky fan, I would like to say last year's matter because it allowed us to get two 10 wins. And so we can tell everybody we were a 10-win team. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I tend, to, I tend to agree. The SEC does this weird thing with, with – 
college bowl uh, bowl money where they just pull it up unless your bowl pays a, a certain percent, uh, certain dollar amount, you get to keep a little bit more. But so even the schools that don't make a bowl doesn't even matter to them because they're still getting paid the same as the other guys do. Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was uh, Logan. Remember the uh, drama between Kentucky going to the Gator and then Tennessee like was like, yes. hey, we're not going to the Music City. We're going to the Gator. And then you had Kentucky fans going over. Well, the Music City Bowl pays more money. Can't believe they wouldn't want that money. And I'm like, uh, well, they pull the money together yeah. for like 90 plus percent of it. So they pull the way the SEC does it. They pull the money together unless the bowl pays more than four million dollars. If it pays more than four million, then whoever team's playing in it gets one and a half million plus travel expenses. If it pays over six million, I think you get like two and a half million or something like that. So the thing Kentucky fans were raining on is for some reason Fulmer at the last minute changed his mind to the Gator Bowl that pays like three point two million, whereas the Belk pays like five. So he basically just turned down one and a half million dollars for some reason because I guess he wanted to get to he wanted to get to Florida. Yeah, could have made that uh, Georgia State money back. <laughs> <laughs> I also hate. I mean, the, the Gator Bowl is just not a terrible time. Isn't it January second? It's the second, January second. Yeah. Standalone yeah. game. Uh, Jacksonville's a terrible city. Jacksonville <laughs> sucks. I whenever, whenever ten, I think it's 2015. Tennessee played there against uh, Iowa and kicked Iowa's ass. Um, me and Liz went down there and Jacksonville. Sorry, Alicia Hickman, if you're listening to this, she it doesn't. is a very, good. Sh- very shit city. Just, I mean, if you go there. Just go to the beach because you're not missing anything else by going downtown. Just just go stay on the beach and don't. Except leave for you the may beach. get shot if you go downtown. Yeah, especially that mall where they have all their stuff. There was a shooting there. I mean, uh, if, yeah. I'm Nash- if I'm Nashville, I understand. Like, I, I'm surprised they wanted Tennessee and Louisville because neither one of those fan bases oh. have to stay the night. Like, it can be a day trip for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you may sell some tickets, but as far as you know, the weekend, I just um, I was a little surprised. I- I agree on that. But how do you guys feel if uh, – I've not heard of anybody yet this year. I assume half of Alabama's team won't play. Oh, it's coming, uh, yeah. But how do you guys feel if guys don't play in their bowl game, Chris? Um, I don't care. If you're a senior or if you're going pro, uh, don't play, especially if it's – unless it's a college football playoff game. Uh, don't play if you're going to be a first-round pick, maybe even second-round pick. If you're a fifth-round pick and you may just uh, – if you have a big game, it might change your draft position, maybe a round or something. Okay, I understand playing, but if you're if you're locked into a top hundred pick, uh, day one, day two NFL draft, I there's no reason to play in a ball game. Uh, it's just a glorified ex- exhibition, and coaches they they should they should be glad because it gives freshmen a chance to get on the field. So I don't see any benefit from get those guys seniors. Uh, that are going pro or underclassmen, juniors that are draft eligible, that are good prospect NFL prospects. I don't think they should play. But what about the argument then of well, I mean, I get Tennessee and Kentucky. They weren't going to play. Like, they weren't playing for anything at the end of the year. Why even play the last game of the year? I mean, they're not playing for anything. Their draft stock's probably where it is. They're not going to move it. I mean, I think the regular season. I think I think that changes things. You think they've, they've at least committed to play the regular season? I think so. What do we? What do you think, Hickman? Well, I, honestly, I think a lot of it um, depends on how the player goes about it. 
Um, I don't have a problem with somebody sitting out, especially especially the bowls that, that don't matter. If your draft stock's pretty well set, um, and I am you know, aligned on the point about the freshmen, it's great to get them some playing time and, and get them in there. Um, if, if you've got a guy who sort of goes back and forth and makes a big deal about it and sort of is, is um, shady about how it's going to happen, I think that, if anything, it could throw some red flags to an NFL team about how they're going to um, deal with – whether it's controversy or just a di- an awkward situation in the NFL. Um, whereas if somebody's pretty much straightforward and says, hey, I'm going to preserve my draft stock. I don't want to get hurt. I love Wisconsin, Indiana, Oklahoma, whoever. Um, kind of got to respect them for being straightforward. And so I, I think that has something to do with it and is an indicator of how someone's going to conduct themselves as a professional. So I'm actually going to take a little different approach. And I don't mind if guys don't play. But I almost think fringe guys, those guys that are possible day two or day three guys, they have nothing to gain by playing in a bowl game. But by George, if they don't practice for the next month and a half and just train for the combine, they have a whole lot more to gain. And so I almost even think those guys that aren't first rounders, I mean, even the that's why I think half of Bama's not going to play, even the third, fourth, fifth round guys they've got a whole lot to lose because those guys get hurt and they're, they're done. A first rounder gets hurt and they're still getting paid. Um, but those guys get hurt and they're done. And they, I mean, no matter if, if there's a running back who runs for 400 yards in a bowl game, every coach is going to say, yeah, we have three years of tape though of him averaging 125 yards a game. I mean, it's not going to sway it a whole lot. Um, so I don't care if guys play. Um, I, I am always uh, amazed at which programs tend to have guys that always play and tend to have guys that don't, if there's nothing on the line and kind of how coaches handle that. But I Um, mean, do y'all think like the name image likeness will change this where college players that are going to be draft eligible will have, will be making some money in college. Do you think that changes things for them? I don't think so because I think what they are possibly giving up is that one big time payday in the draft. So yeah, they're making a little bit, but they're wanting to get drafted to get paid the big bucks. So I don't think it makes a whole lot of difference for them. That's fair. So how many of these bowl games are you guys going to watch? Uh, I'll watch, um, I'll watch the playoff games. I'll watch Tennessee's bowl game. And if something's, if while I'm at work, I usually have something uh, <laughs> on in the background. Bowl games are perfect for that. So th- those that will have my full attention will be what? Uh, four. Other than that, no. Yeah. I I leave for the beach December 21st. I come back from the beach January 1st. Um, outside of the college football playoff games, I plan on watching zero football, like as far as college football. So I'm not watching ball games. They're meaningless games. They're exhibitions. If I was sitting at home and had nothing else to do, Sure, I'll turn it on, but uh, I don't plan on don't plan on going to the beach and doing that. So, yeah, I think it's what you have on TV when the family's in town, everybody's bored, nobody wants to talk to each other. You put the bowl game on there. I'm not even sure I'm going to watch all the playoff games because I think Kentucky Louisville plays at the same time as uh, LSU and, and Oklahoma. Um, so I may not even watch all the playoff games. <laughs> but one thing I know we all have strong feelings about. Dr. Pepper, with their god-awful commercials, um, has been sponsoring this halftime scholarship for, gracious, decades. Yes. And for those of you who haven't seen it, uh, 
two people, normally it's a guy and a girl, stand about 10 yards away from a Dr. Pepper can. With I want to say five yards. Five yards. <laughs> with a giant hole cut out of the top, of, like out of the upper half of it. And they have a bucket of footballs, put some time on the clock. Who can throw the most footballs into the hole the fastest? It has essentially at this point been proven that the chess pass is the way to go because somehow the chess pass always wins. Hickman makes sense of these goobers chess passing their way to his college scholarship. You know what? The goobers are right. <laughs> they absolutely are. If you have a chance at something life-changing and your, your fear is the embarrassment of your method by which you're throwing a football, then that's the problem. So, Malcolm Gladwell's podcast, of Business History, he talked about that with free throw shooting. Uh, that Will Chamberlain's 100-point game, he made something like 30 free throws, and he shot them underhanded. Well, that was back in the day where you, like, if you missed your second, you had, like, three shots to make two. Okay. His percentage was still greatly better by shooting underhanded than overhanded. It's also Shaq could have shot underhanded and been a decent free throw shooter. Rick Barry could teach anybody to do that and, and thrive at it. The percentages, the, the physics of it, it just works better. But people won't do it because of the fear of embarrassment or fear to be seen as a certain way. And that's the weakness. The weakness is the fear to be perceived as weak or whatever when actually you're succeeding. So the person who does the weird chess pass, good for them. Do it. <laughs> I do think it's a little different. I mean, you think of like college kids and I mean, Calipari gets ragged on this all the time for his teams typically are not good free throw shooting teams because as he says, we scrimmage, we don't shoot free throws. Um, so I think some people look at it as what's well, a whole new technique you got to learn. I mean, Rick Barry's own kid said it took him what three years to, to get to be a 90% free throw shooter shooting underhanded. Um, but if you're going to throw my boy Shaq into that, he had a 18 year career to do something. <laughs> Because his, one, his <laughs> one-handed laser bricks just oh, man. work. <laughs> if he if he could have shot free throws, he would have been the most unstoppable force in any sport ever. I mean, in, in, at his peak. So, just saying. So, Chris, are you throwing chess passes for, with a ch- with a hundred thousand dollars on the line? Um, hell no, I'm not. <laughs> Crazy. That's just that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That's just <laughs> stupid. Um, no, it's the opposite think- of stupid. I think the blame on this should be on Dr. Pepper for not changing the rules to specify you have to throw a football pass. There's no effing chess passes in football. Like, <laughs> I guess it's embarrassing. Like, there if Dr. Go. Pepper changed the rules and said, hey, your throws have to be football passes, like overhand football passes, one hand, that that takes away the chess pass. It solves everybody's problems. McClure Boyd is living in that better world. Yeah, um, but Dr. Pepper wants more than, like, two balls to go in. I think that's why they there was, get it. It was a girl the other and one of these games that was throwing that was throwing football passes and she won. It, it, I don't remember which sure. game it was. Maybe it was the Utah Oregon. I don't remember. I'm with you, Chris. I'm throwing. I'm throwing a spiral. I'm not throwing a chess pass. Plus, Higby, it's a five yard pass. That's, a, that's what five I'm saying. Yards. Like Hickman can say it's easier. I would love to see Drew Brees or somebody and say, "All right, throw it or chess pass it. Which one? Which one does he make more of?" I bet you it's more spirals. But when you get these college kids who haven't touched any any sort of ball for twenty ever uh, first twenty years of their life, and they just got to find a way to get it in there, then the chess pass is the way to go. But I, I mean, 
And I don't I, think I don't, it's a pride thing. I think it's a, I know I can throw a spiral. And I know I can, I'm fairly accurate. So I'm throwing it. See, I think it's, it's, it's also quicker. It's quicker to do the chest pass. It's quicker just to pick it up and throw it in that motion as opposed to pick it up and throwing it over your shoulder. I'm embarrassed would, that somebody is defending the chest pass on this podcast. I'm yeah. telling you. Before I will, Boyd, Brandon Peak, I apologize right now for this. I'm telling you. In Papa Shot, it's quicker to throw it from your hip underhanded, but nobody does that. I don't know that it is, but I mean. You're tell, you're, the balls are right there. You just flick them up. Well, sure. Maybe, maybe it too. is. Yeah. But <laughs> tell you what. I am terrible at throwing a football. I bet I can beat either of y'all by throwing it underhanded if we set it up. Oh, this is oh, a challenge. Underhanded? Underhanded? Uh, no, no, by doing the chest pass. I bet I bet if I if I did the chest pass and y'all oh. both threw the ball normally, I bet I can beat you. <laughs> Offensive challenge, lineman here. Challenge Let's accepted. set this up. <laughs> All right. Next time we're together in Vegas. All right. It's we gotta get a video of that. All right, guys. Let's move on to our chug sipper pour. Maybe Hickman will have some better takes here. First up, chug sipper pour. These uh, fancy peppermint holiday beverages. You go to Starbucks, they got some peppermint latte, mocha, bleh. Chick-fil-A's got a peppermint milkshake. Everywhere you go, it's peppermint, peppermint, peppermint. Peppermint's the winner. Pumpkin. Chris Collette, are you chug sipping or pouring these peppermint beverages? I'm going to pour it out because I'm more of a plain kind of guy. I don't need, I don't need, I don't need, I don't need a peppermint <laughs> added to anything to make it better. Does peppermint make anything better in this world? I don't, I don't know. So I'm pouring it out. Chris, I got a peppermint patty shot that you need to try because it makes that chocolate oh, yeah. a lot better. Um, that's a solid drink. I'm, I'm, I'm going to sip this one. I do like the Chick-fil-A peppermint shake, um, but I don't love like candy canes. And like, if it's just too much peppermint, it's, I can't do it. I don't do any of those Starbucks drinks. So I'm a caramel guy. So I'm, I'm sipping it. Cause there are some that I'm, that I'm okay with, but for the most part, it's too much mint. I'm going to sip it too. It's usually, yeah, usually you get too heavy on the mint and you feel like it's, you know, toothpaste, which at least it's always reminiscent of that to me. Uh, this I do like it better in like a shake form because like mint chocolate chips a good a good taste. But um, for my, I'm a big fan of the of the Starbucks drinks. But uh, I'm gonna pass on the on the mint version. So uh, overall, I'll just I'll sip it. Well, I wonder if anybody's gonna be sipping on this one. There was an innocent quote unquote innocent mistake by the New England Patriots filming the Bengals sideline, filming their press box last week during the uh, Browns game. Evidently, the Browns were in on it. They allowed them to do it. Why in the world are the Patriots, one of the best teams in the AFC, filming the Bengals, the worst team in the NFL? Because they play next week. Um, Hickman, chug sip rapport this innocent mistake by the Patriots. I mean, I'm chugging the Patriots getting caught doing anything. <laughs> um, I, it's obvious. I mean, come on. It's you, you've got a, You've got a history there. I really wish those tapes weren't mysteriously burned in 2007 or whatever. But um, 
you know, I've always I've always been a fan of the conspiracy theories with the Patriots. I think Belichick's just smarter, and he finds ways to get around the rules that aren't noticed a lot of times. So uh, I love that they got caught. It doesn't matter. Like they didn't. They don't need to steal any of the Bengals information to whip Cincinnati <laughs> next week. <laughs> or so maybe like, they do. Maybe they do. I mean, if you're going to spy on somebody, spy on uh, you know, uh, Baltimore, the Chiefs. Yeah, or the Chiefs. Yeah. Anyway, Chris, what was the question again? Sorry, got distracted. Chuck said, "Propor this innocent mistake by the Patriots." I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna pour it out. Um, it's, it's dumb. It's, I'll compare it to golf with Patrick Reed, who's a known cheater. <laughs> um, in the tournament oh. last weekend, he, uh, he's in the bunker. You know, you can't ground your club, and he's over here doing practice swings, like just, uh, scooting. Scooting sand out of the way so you can get a better, better, uh, better contact on the ball. Um, cheaters just cheat. I don't know how else to say it. Belichick, he, I mean, I don't think he cares that it's just against the, uh, the Bengals. Like it's just he's gonna cheat. It is what it is. It's kind of dumb. Hope to, I hope the NFL comes down and uh, docks him another first round pick, uh, maybe more, something like that. I don't know. But it's the Bengals are one in ten, one in eleven, one in twelve. I don't even know what their record is these days. It's one in something. I'm pretty sure. Why the hell you need to cheat on them? Hmm, hmm. Dumb. I think I think we all expect this from the Patriots. I mean, I'm not a conspiracy kind of guy, but my goodness, at some point there is a pattern of behavior that tells you that there is something wrong. And I think the only way Belichick gets away with it is because his owner seems to be the guy that pulls all the strings in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but my biggest complaint, Cleveland, what are you guys doing? Do you not think the Patriots are also filming you and trying to learn your secrets? Like, why are you opening, let them openly letting them come and film the press box? Um, it's the Bengals, man. Like what, what do we have to show you? I, it, it frustrates me because the NFL is not going to do anything. And at this point, if you're the Patriots, why not keep doing it? If you're any other team, why not start doing it? I mean, worst they can do is say, oh, let me have those tapes, see what you were watching. Um, but, yes, for the Patriots to film the Bengals, clearly this is just a pattern of what they do on a regular basis. Like, this is just part of week before we send a film team to go film the other team. Um, so I don't understand how they get away with it, but innocent mistake. Ridiculous. All right, guys, we talked about some coaching uh, openings last week. SEC decided to go ahead and fill their allotment. So we'll run down the list here. Matt Hickman, we're going to start with you. Ole Miss hired Lane Kiffin, Chug Sipper Poor. Oh, man. I, I'm pouring it out. So I know this is – Well, okay. It has nothing to do with like animosity over what happened ten years ago. I know y'all probably don't believe me, but I I don't have nope, any. Sure illness. don't. Okay, so <laughs> if you remember, we knew each other back then. I didn't want them to hire to hire him to begin with, but when he left, I never blamed the guy. He got offered the best job in the country at the time. He should have left. It wasn't his fault. Was it the best job in the country? I mean, they got absolutely hammered for those Reggie Bush allegations. Uh, 10 scholarships a year for three years. 30 and scholarships in over two a three year, year period. Three years. Yeah, three 10 yeah. scholarships. Yeah. That, that's have, pretty substantial. 
you have that kind of turnover when you have coaching changes. So, yeah, so you lose forty percent of your scholarships. You, you, right, right. you lose forty percent of your scholarships for three straight years. It's not forty percent. You get twenty five. Yes, you get twenty five a year. Twenty five a year. Yeah, and you lose ten okay. of them. So well, you get, right. that's forty well, percent. Yes, that was bad. Okay, so you got me on math, Mister. And then you have a two year bowl ban on top of that, in which players what? we just we just said bowls don't matter. But, but players can transfer. So if you're if you're going to be a junior or senior, you can transfer and not have to sit out. Well, bowls don't matter unless you're in the playoff. I'm you assuming took, a five-star going to USC is thinking playoffs. You took over Apex Pete Carroll USC. He took a much – okay, there's no question it was a much better job than Tennessee at the time. Can we agree on that? Oh, USC was – yeah, it was. Okay, okay. So he took a much – maybe not the best in the country, but he took a much – he wasn't taking over Urban Meyer's Florida team. But, yes, that was the – best job in the country at the time so no ill will towards that i think on the guy's merit it's a bad hire his one year at tennessee we can talk about that all day it was a, a wholly mediocre season with a stacked team and he inherited the number three defense in the country and it was still great the next year no surprise his job at um usc we can debate the merits of that but what we can't debate is he's one he's the only head coach of a team since the 60s to have taken the team from preseason number one to unranked by the end of the season, and which he managed that, to do and unceremoniously get banned. So players had a little to play for. Yeah, yeah makes sense. He he wasn't good. Go read any USC message board. Ask USC fans about his 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 <laughs> talent management, his play calling. He was not um, good. Was Didn't anybody get, else got, was anybody else going to be good at USC with with forty percent less scholarships over three whole years? Over Possibly. three seasons, three straight seasons. Was anybody going to be better than I? I am just impressed that Hickman is sending us for hardcore journalism to the USC message board. Well, okay, no. Lord help me if anybody <laughs> goes to any Kentucky message board looking for information. That's that's the best point so far. But you, but I'm ask the ask. I mean, we could check the USC sentiment. Look, you know, we we could look up whatever. I don't think he was a success at USC. Okay, he's done well at FAU. I'm not going to debate that. He said two out of three really good seasons. The one in between sucked. Um, I just don't think he's a good coach. And I think in three years, Ole Miss is hiring somebody else. I, he's not like he had, he's brash. He has some ideas, I guess. He helped Alabama go to the spread five years later than it was trendy everywhere else. I just don't think he's a great coach. I think he's okay. And I think FAU was a great place for him to be. Ole Miss is not going to do anything. Chris, I'm going to uh, chug it because I think he's a good fit at Ole Miss. He I do uh, like coaches who sleep with uh, co-ed. So, I mean, I I'm not going to knock that one. <laughs> uh, I think he's a good coach. I think he uh, at Ole Miss, you're obviously at a disadvantage playing LSU, Alabama, and Auburn every single year. Um. So you're, you're, you're not going to be the number one team in the nation. I mean, Hugh Freeze may have did that one time, like literally one time. Um, but I think he's going to get players in there. He's going to – I mean, I liked his press conference where he talked about analytics, which I'm all for, especially at a school that is at a disadvantage already, where he's like, hey, we're going to play aggressive. We're going to go for it more often, yada, yada, yada. I like that. And I think, I think at Ole Miss, I think he's going to go into Memphis and just try to dominate Memphis. Um, as Ole Miss's coach, that's what you have to do. Tennessee is kicking ass in Memphis right now on the recruiting trail for football. Um, 
and I I think Kiffin will go into Memphis and do a pretty solid job. So I'm chugging it. Ole Miss could could have done a lot worse, as we're about to find out from these other two schools. So <laughs> yes. yeah, I, I don't think it was necessarily a home run home run hire, but I do think it was just a matter of time for one of these um, bottom half SEC schools gave Lane Kiffin a chance. I do think sometimes there's just a situation where it's just a good fit all around. I look at um, LSU with Ed Orgeron. The dude was awful as a head coach everywhere he went at USC, at Ole Miss. Um, guy had a losing record that wasn't even close when he showed up to LSU. Somehow got the job, somehow kept the job. Lane Kiffins had um, eight winning seasons out of nine years as a head coach. Um, so he's That's not one of terrible. The- Terrible man, <laughs> but he's not one at the highest level. And I, but, um, I mean, you're not going to do that. Old Miss, at yeah. Florida Atlantic. And I think if you're Old Miss, if your plan is to get to the playoff, then you're going to be disappointed. If your plan is to be in a bowl game every year, then I think you'll you'll probably be all right playing in probably the toughest division in college football. A lesser known guy, Arkansas went after uh, Mr. Sam Pittman, Chris Collette, the Georgia offensive line coach. Chug Zipper Mr. Pittman. I'm going to sip this one. Um, Arkansas needed some stability. The Chad Moore's hire. You can go back to Brett Bilma. That was – I thought Bilma was a great <laughs> hire. I thought he was a home run. Yeah. He was hired the same year as Butch Jones was at Tennessee, and I was like, man, uh, Arkansas really kicked Tennessee's ass there on that coach. Uh, Bilma just never panned out at Arkansas. I don't – I mean, I know he took over a team that was not designed to run um, the, his offense. I mean, he, he took over a spread team, and he is a power, power guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that fit was just a terrible one. In hindsight, you could see that kind of happening. But at the time, I thought it was a good hire. Uh, Chad Morris was – it was bad. I mean, it's hard to get – I mean, Willie Taggart successfully got fired in a year and a half, and so did her boy Chad Morris. So – they just needed stability, and they went to a guy that I think is a safe safe hire. He's not going to embarrass your program like Chad Morris did as a head coach. <laughs> but at the same time, I think his ceiling might be seven wins. So, I mean, he's in five, he signed a five-year contract. In five years, I doubt he's still the head coach at Arkansas. But at the same time, I think whoever the next coach is at Arkansas will be taking over a better situation than he's taking over right now. I don't know how many SEC schools have ever hired a career offensive line coach to be their head coach. Uh, I knew nothing about Sam Pittman. He could have been a a hobbit in Lord of the Rings for all I knew. Um, (laughs) But according to his Wikipedia page, the guy has been an offensive line coach in some capacity every single year since 1991. Never, yeah. never a offensive coordinator, never a head coach, a offensive line coach. I think the only place in the SEC that something like that could work is Arkansas. Um, so I'm I'm sipping it because I know nothing about the guy, but it just seems like a uh, a weird transition to go from career O line coach that you're almost 60 years old to get a, a head coaching job at, um, and again, probably the toughest division in, in college football. Yeah, it's it's does seem odd, but like like Chris said, if you could, he's somebody who brings stability. Apparently, he's a good recruiter. I don't know much about the guy either, but it is so strange that just a, yeah, a lifetime offensive line coach gets an SEC head head coaching job. But ah, uh, for me, it's I, I I guess I have to sip it too, just relative to 
it wasn't a super strong market this year for coaching hires. There weren't a ton of great names available. Nobody's prying Bob Stoops and Urban Meyer out of the booth. So, um, <laughs> yeah. And last but not least, Missouri hired a little man named Eli Drinkwitz, the uh, Appalachian State head coach for all of one year. Hickman, Chuck Zipper, poor Mr. Eli going to Mizzou. Uh, this one's a hard pour. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Eli had one season as a head coach at Appalachian State where he inherited a 12-win team. Good for him. He won 12 again. I think he's our age. Um, no and, hating on that. No, I mean, good for him for that. I mean, Sean McVay's younger than us, so it really makes, makes me look stupid and old. But anyway... Um, yeah, I don't get it. I, I, I don't. I mean, y'all know the specifics of his contract, which apparently is something crazy. But uh, to me, this was uh, this was a bad hire and is a bad move to go from Barry Odom, who was uh, a Missouri lifer, loved the program, had been there forever, and was not unsuccessful. Moving on to to drink what's this is? I think this is the next Chad Morris hire. <laughs> I'm uh I'm gonna sip this because I just know nothing about Eli Drinkwitz, except his Wikipedia page tells us that he was named the FCA Huddle Leader of the Year <laughs> back in the day. Um, Did you win that? That sounds like something you would have won, Logan. <laughs> no, no, Logan, high school Logan didn't was never the no. FCA Huddle Leader of the Year. Um, but I mean, it could be magic in the bottle. I don't know. Um, why they're going to give him the kind of contract they did, why they ushered Barry Odom out the door as quick as they did, I don't know. But So I'm sipping it. They may know something I don't. Um, but his resume does not appear to jump off the page at you at this point. I am somewhere between Hickman and Logan. I'm going to still pour it out. Um, he's, as Hickman said, head coach for one season, took over a good team. Uh, he didn't fall f- flat on his face in his first year. That's That's good. But why are you giving him six years, four million a year with a hundred thousand dollar automatic raise each year? It's it doesn't make any sense to me. It's uh, I I, th- I think if you're gonna fire Barry Odom, you should have had somebody lined up that you thought, okay, this guy can take us to the next level. And I don't know if Eli can or not, but I it's uh it's Missouri man. I don't know what they're doing out there, so. I mean, he did, he did beat both North Carolina and South Carolina, even with a loaded roster. But, I mean, he still Those was able to put... Those two teams had great years. <laughs> I'm saying that's competition Sorry, he's going Hicks. to be playing now. Um, so, I, I I think he could be good, but... He could well, be. Like, it's just, a, it's just a lot of money thrown at a guy that's... It's a dart throw. Like, it's literally is a dart throw. Yeah. Well, I guess when you're Mizzou, you just got all the money to throw darts at anybody. Kind of like Florida Columbia. State. <laughs> well, boys, speaking of all the money, you better have all the money if you're going to go buy your spouse's a Peloton for Christmas this year. <laughs> there was a Peloton commercial. Um, people were not happy about it. And then my favorite is on Twitter. All the uh, super wealthy people are all flaunting their Pelotons and acting like there's nothing wrong with said commercial. Chris, are you going to chug, sip, or pour this Peloton commercial? It's got everybody up in arms. I'm going to uh, sip the commercial, and I'm going to pour out the outrage. I don't understand the outrage over it. It's just <laughs> a damn commercial. It is what it is. Like, like 
if somebody wants to get their wife a Peloton, then go for it. My wife would probably kick my ass if I tried to get her a damn Peloton. Uh, mine told me she would. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, as far as that goes, I mean, plus, I mean, I have a hard time spending dropping two thousand dollars on any gift for my wife, uh, and it comes along with a forty dollar a month subscription for the Peloton service thing. So, as far as that goes, I'm pouring out the Peloton, but the commercial. It's a commercial. Like I don't. It's not. It's not meant for everybody. Obviously, I mean, I don't know many people out there that are dropping. I don't know what's that twenty five hundred dollars on their on their wife a Christmas present. Come right. On now. <laughs> Hickman. So I mean, I I it was a bad commercial. It was a poorly done commercial. But that's it. There's bad commercials every day. So not a fan of the. You know, it was not like a narrative of our broken society because this was out there like you guys said it's probably stupid to randomly buy your wife exercise equipment for christmas and a big waste of money i think the the pictures of like these bikes in this uh you know platform fully glass like floor to ceiling in these rooms i mean those are it's kind of hilarious that you would build that for it but anyway like it's I feel like it was an out of touch ad, but that's it. No need for outrage. Just get better marketers. It is hilarious that their market value dropped a billion dollars because of a bad ad. So somebody got fired. <laughs> <laughs> Kentucky had a uh, offensive coordinator one time who, after getting um, losing at the end of a game, uh, thanks to a couple of his bad calls, said, well, had it worked, you guys would have liked it. I think this is the same thing with Peloton. Was that Randy had, Sanders? Yes. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> had, the, had, the, had the commercial worked, every, nobody would have an issue with it. It was just one of those things that didn't. It flopped. Um, they, I mean, clearly, they're, they're selling a $3,000 bike. Um, everybody else is selling them for 1000 bucks. They're selling it for 3000 It's an image thing. They want people to jump in on the image. Um, and that's why I think the people that are in that upper echelon are jumping in on it um so i'm sipping it because i i didn't have it I, I saw the commercial before all the outrage and didn't think anything of it somebody wants to ride a bike every morning and have that shout out to brandon peak with his 50 plus peloton rides out there pretty good uh, that's impressive that all right guys quickly here last chuck chuck zipper poor are you allowed to watch the elf the movie the elf all year long chris um and uh chug it because it's a good movie and i like watching good movies so chug <laughs> Higman? uh i'm gonna sip it um first of all i think it's just called elf it is so i can be the be the jerk about that what did i call it the elf oh i mean it's ohio state kind of semi-fan <laughs> so <it's laughs> that coming out of it i can see will ferrell saying the elf so, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd sip it. It's a if you want to watch it in for for a good laugh in May, go go for it. It's a, a pretty good modern classic as far as Christmas movies go. It hits the right tone. So, um, good movie. Go for it if you want to watch it then. But uh, as far as a Christmas movie overall, definitely have to chug it. Nope, y'all are wrong. Got to okay. pull this out, guys. You're not watching. Um, what is it? The Christmas Story. You don't watch that in June. Yeah, because that's not, a terrible movie. I don't watch it in December. 
<laughs> the there's certain movies that you're allowed to watch all year, like Die Hard, where the Christmas aspect is not the central theme, it's not the plot, but the Elf is straight up Elf Christmas. It's only allowed to be watched from Thanksgiving to New Year's. Then you put it on the shelf and you wait till next year. No binge watching Elf in June or July. <laughs> All right, guys, let's break down a couple games before we get out of here. First up, we got a college basketball game. Number 13, Memphis Tigers going to Thomason Bowling Arena to face your Tennessee Volunteers, who are ranked 19th. Uh, fun fact, ESPN gives Tennessee a almost 80% chance to win this game. Hickman, who you got? ESPN also gave Tennessee like a 98% chance to beat Georgia State in football, so I do not trust any of their ranking metrics. Uh, that being said, Tennessee's going to hammer them. You it's, think so? You're telling me you think ESPN should have predicted Georgia State to win that game? No, <laughs> but uh, I <laughs> I think they were way overly optimistic on the merits of Tennessee's on, on most of what they do. Their their power indexes are that's don't put any stock in them. But anyway, I do think Tennessee's going to uh, to beat Memphis. It's just tough to come into Thompson Bowling, whoever you are, and come win. Um, it's a tough place to play. Barnes will have the team ready. There's that animosity between the two teams. Maybe uh, Penny will come to blows with uh, with Coach Barnes. Should be entertaining. Yeah. But, uh, I like the Vols. Chris? Uh, I'm going to take the Vols on that one. Uh, senior guards greater than freshman guards, especially in December. So that's pretty much the all the analysis I need on this one. Uh, James Wiseman obviously is not playing uh, – so, taking those into account, Tennessee's going to win. I think it could be – I don't think it's going to be close. I'll just say that. It may be single digits by the end, but it's it's going to be a game that will go from 8 to 12 points most of the game. So, Penny's got talent on that roster uh, going into the season. They were predicted, what, top three. Um, uh, they're going to lose six or seven games by the time the tournament rolls around. This is going to be another one of them. And they'll just chalk it up to, oh, we didn't have Wiseman. And then when he comes back, they'll lose a couple more to nobodies. Um, I'm not buying the the penny hype. I think Tennessee, as you said, wins this one pretty easy. And last but not least, we got a, uh, the attack of a couple eight and five teams. Texans versus the Titans. Titans are two and a half point favorite. Hickman, who you got? Somehow this is like, well, they, they played two times in three weeks for the division. Really, really interesting here. Um, I like the Texans to bounce back. Um, I think this was a trap game this past week against Denver. Um, Drew Locke showed up out of nowhere, and and their defense played well. Um, Tannehill's company is looking good. That running game looks good for the Titans, but um, I like uh, Deshaun Watson to get back on track. I think it's a close game, but uh, I like the Texans to, to pull it out on the road. Oh, Chris, are you going to take that slander? Uh, I'm not going to take that slander. I mean, uh, I'm actually glad that Hickman's picking the uh, Texans because his uh, picking and grinning segment earlier this year uh, was 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 not so great. So I'm happy about that. Uh, The Titans are on a roll right now. Um, This game really doesn't mean much for the Texans, just to be candid with you. Um, Because as long as the Texans win week 17, they're probably winning the division. Um, but this game means a lot for the Titans. If the Titans lose this week, week 17, I mean, they have to win out. They they play New Orleans next week, which is a tough one for the Titans. So this game means way more to the Titans than it does the Texans. 
Titans are on a roll. It's a home game. I think the crowd's actually going to be good for this game. Um, Nashville can be kind of fair weather for fans because there's about 8 million entertainment options in Nashville. So if the Titans suck, they're like, screw this. I'm spending my money on the Preds or I'm spending my money on country music or any kind of music for that matter. So I'm going Titans and I think they're going to win by a lot. Will Fuller being out completely changes the, the Texans team. He uh, tweaked his hammy against the Pats. I expect to miss another month. So I think he he's kind of the X factor with him not being there. That Will Fuller, the X factor. I he stretches the field. Um, he's and a, their offense with him and without him is completely different. So yeah, I'm I'm going the Titans just because they've been more consistent. I don't know what's going on with the Texans the last few weeks. Um, so give me the Titans just because somehow they've won eight games with that roster. I don't understand. Um, but they're playing better, so I'm taking the Titans. Ladies and gentlemen, that's been this week's Sports Nuts and Beer Guts pod. Uh, find us on the Facebook group. Um, if you got some some interesting stories out there you want us to debate on Chug Sip or Poor, or hit us up on the on the Twitter, on the tweeters, at Sports Nuts Pod. It's been fun. It's been real. We'll see you next week.